We're back with Encounter with God here on The Breakfast Show. Lyle and Minnie. Minnie's about to bring you the next clue for our quiz. I sure am. Clue number four. Esther revealed my plans to destroy the Jews at a banquet she had prepared for the king and me. Okay, do you know the story of Queen Esther? The number to call is 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Who was it that Queen Esther outed? I still think it's a bit, bit of a rough story. <laughs> like, really? Like, the character's pretty hectic, but could you imagine you're like, yeah, going to a feast. <laughs> Next minute, the person is just like, this person here. I mean, even if you have it coming, it's still, it's rough. You know, I've, I have never seen this as a rough story before. For me, this has always been like, yeah, he got it. He got what was coming. Interesting. It's, it, 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 yeah, wow. I mean, this is going to be difficult because I'd love to just sit here and talk about the whole story, but how do I talk about the whole story without... Giving it away. I know. Giving away the answer as to who this is. I'm going to slip up and let the name slip here in just a moment. We can give extra clues, of course. But quick, someone someone call in, get the answer. That's then right. Because we, yeah. so <laughs> we, we, we want to talk about we this. We can solve this. <laughs> Please answer the clue. 1-800-324-843 or text us on... Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and it's been kind of quiet here in the studio this morning. It has been. Maybe it's Wednesday. People are like, oh no, <laughs> midweek. Middle Actually, of the week. Midweek is good though because you're like, yeah, there's a couple of days. Although, okay, bit side note. Someone said this to me the other day. They were like, be a Tuesday kind of person. I was like, what do you mean? And like, well, everyone lives for like Friday. Everyone loves Friday. Everyone loves the weekend. But no one's a Tuesday person. No one's like, yes, I woke up and it's Tuesday today. What a great day. And I, I really liked it. I was like, yeah, I want to be a Monday person and a Tuesday person and a Wednesday person. A person who's just happy to be alive every day, essentially. I'm yeah. on my way there. I'm on my way. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I like the sentiment. I'm just mm. sort of thinking, choose, wh- why did they choose Tuesday? Not a clue. Couldn't tell you. I think because a lot of people get the Monday blues, so you'd be like, mm. Wednesday people get a bit more excited because it's midweek and you're just like, yeah, we're, you know, what's it called? Hump day or something? Like you're, you're over Hump the other day, side yes. of the hill. You know, so there's a bit of a win. Tuesday's just like a blah day. Like there's nothing exciting about it particularly. See, Monday shouldn't be Monday blues. That, that, that thing should not exist because you've just come off the weekend. So you should be carrying the, the weekend <laughs> energy into your Monday. Yes. So Tuesday, I can, I can see an argument for Tuesday. Wednesday is hump day. Yeah. Thursday, you're sliding you're down the there. slope. You're nearly yeah. there. Friday, by the end of the day, you are there. Uh-huh. Uh, then you have the weekend. And then you've got Sabbath coming up. Yeah. Fantastic. Tuesday. I think, I think Tuesday. Maybe Tuesday is the day that we need to focus on as the day to be especially thankful for all the blessings that are taking place in our life. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Maybe we, we need to come up with something special for Tuesday. <laughs> Going to have to put some thought into that. If you've got some ideas, then give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. What should we do here on Faith FM to make Tuesday something special? Hmm. It is the kind of most blah day yeah, of the week. There's nothing so exciting about it. <laughs> how do we go about making it special? Okay, if you've got some ideas, give us a call. We would love to hear from you. Or shoot us a text message. Uh, we probably should remind people mm-hmm. about the app. We do need to do that on a regular basis. Yes. Because the app is amazing. 
You can do all kinds of things on the app. You can listen to past programs. You can listen to podcasts. You can listen to all your favourites. You can make donations and contributions. I didn't know that. You can. Oh. Uh, you can also listen to the live show live right now. Brilliant. With a perfect signal. So you're never going to have to worry about, you know, you drive under some power lines or something or other and it goes... <laughs> none of that. Or you switch your heater on full blast and... Mm-hmm. My car does that at the moment. I don't know why. It didn't used to, but now it does. Something has gone wrong with my radio. Oh, that's... And so now when I, I can't run the heater and the radio at the same time. Mine used to do that. And the further you turn the heater up, the worse it the worse gets. It gets. Oh. oh, that's the stitch up. <laughs> Maybe somebody who knows what's going on can tell me because what do I need to do here? Just put a new radio in? I don't know. You know what? I feel like slightly better as a human by your not knowing something about a car because I'm like, I don't know anything. And normally if I have a question, I'm like, well, I will know. <laughs> well, on this one, I don't. Mm. And what the other one that does my head in, and maybe somebody can call in and help me out with this one, is when you turn your radio on and you can hear the spark coming through the radio. So the faster the spark plugs are firing, is you can healthy? actually... No, I can't. Well, it doesn't... <laughs> Doesn't, it's not healthy for a good signal on your radio, that's for sure. No. But you can hear the engine go up and down. When you Why are you listening to the radio? You can hear it coming through the radio, it comes through the speakers. <laughs> like, what's that all about? Why have I got spark coming through my speakers? It's nuts. Look, I couldn't tell you a thing. How do I solve this? Okay, so we've got a, a name coming through here, Marilyn. Uh, I'm not sure why this name is coming through, but I'm thinking that this think person may have quiz? won the prize. For oh, oh, won the well prize. Done you. Go, Marilyn. So the answer was Heyman. That's right. Yeah, can say yes. it now. Yeah. This okay, so why do, you, why do you kind of feel bad for Heyman? He gets invited to this. I mean, he had what he got what was coming to him. I know, and I don't look. It's a Bible story, and I'm like, yeah, sweet. Like, okay. But I just, I think I'm someone. I don't like the idea of you get what's coming to you because I just, I don't know. It's even when it's good things. You're not, even a, when you're not are into like, karma. No. <laughs> this is probably a good thing. Karma is not a Christian concept, even though that word now is just sort of in reference to, well, you got what was coming to you kind of thing rather than, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's typically used in the West as a non-spiritual word. Yes, that's true. Today. Uh, it definitely is a spiritual word from the East. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so you, I mean, I kind of look at it and I think, okay, this guy was planning genocide. Yeah. He was plotting to kill millions of people. Look, I think, oh, sorry, you go. I interrupted you just now. So, as a result of that, God has decreed the death penalty for this person. Yeah, and I think this is where, because like, this was a kid's story, right, for me. Which I loved because I was like, Queen Esther, you're the best. <laughs> See, when, you know? when, when, when I was a kid, mm. it wasn't about Queen Esther. It was oh. about Haman copping in the neck. Ah, interesting. <laughs> See, that was, that was the for, for, for a, a, a boy. Uh-huh. That's the you're part like, that the boy loves. It's like, yes, Haman <laughs> got hung from the scaffold. I think, but his, his family also has these consequences, right? Don't they all die as well? Well, let's think about that for a moment. And let's think about a more modern story for this, from the same region. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you come to, say, for instance, Saddam Hussein, mm-hmm. committed genocide, did terrible things. Mm-hmm. But when you look at his family, 
particularly some of his sons, they were significantly worse psychopaths than what Saddam was. Oh, wow. And so if we then compare it with a modern-day story, Mm. then we kind of see something happening here where it's like, yeah, you know what? We don't have all the details from Haman's story, but if God is acting here, God does have all those details. God sees the totality of the circumstances. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what's important. The Bible doesn't have to record everything. Mm. Now, you might ask, well, what about his wife or what about, you know, um, you know, these other members of his family and so forth. What's often been revealed is that wives can be kind of very, very vicious mm. at times when they're under the control of Satan and they are married to a powerful man. Mm-hmm. Haman was a powerful man. He was the prime minister of the Persian Empire. And as the prime minister of the Persian Empire, his wife possibly was somebody who was able to use him and use his position to do her nefarious deeds. Mm. And so, yeah, we kind of look at the story and go, oh, all these innocent people died. Were they innocent? Were they innocent? Yeah, and that is a good question, actually. Mm. Yeah, we don't know those answers. We don't know the details. Mm, Yes, indeed. Yeah, you don't want to, yep, yep, picking up what you're putting down. That's good. (laughs) It's always good. I think it's still an interesting story, though. Like, I still have, like, the courage that Esther has to go before the king, I think, is still remarkable. Okay, I'm getting a vote here coming through on the text message. They agree with me. Oh, interesting. It's a guy, see. I was going to say male or female. Yeah, this is a guy. <laughs> they agree with me. <laughs> this is always good. Actually, I, like yeah, I wonder what the ratio is. Yes. Yeah. Males or females, who has what opinion? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So keep texting us through. We'll do a bit of a poll here mm, this morning. Tell see, us thoughts. See who thinks that it was a bit rough that Heyman got outed in public, publicly shamed and named at a banquet where he was expecting to be honoured. Mm. I mean, I definitely understand the point of the story that he wasn't, but I was just—I just remember when I was younger. No, no, no. <laughs> I think I think you've raised a really valid point. Mm. I'd like to—I've I've never seen that point before. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> because I've always just been like, of course. Yeah. He—he—he mm. he, he probably died too easy a death. You know, that's kind of the the um, aspect that. That's where my brain goes. Mm-hmm. This guy got off too lightly. Mm-hmm. They should have killed him slower. You know, this is Lyle's humanity coming through. No, but you know what? And oh, okay, let me be careful the way I say this. So, yesterday you had the news story about the Christchurch attack that happened last year. Yes. So I was in New Zealand last year when that happened, yes. and probably a couple of days after, a bunch of us were all talking, and there was me and probably like five other guys. Great humans, like my closest friend. Like I just have so much love in my heart for them. Anyway, realized a stark difference in the way we were talking about consequences. Because a bunch so of them. So it was like you against the group, or was the group evenly divided? No, no. It was <laughs> me being like, yeah, but like. Basically, they were all like death penalty at its worst. Like. Oh, yeah. as slow a death as yeah, possible. Yeah. And like one of them was like, nah. He should just have to go spend like a week with every family and they can do whatever they want, but they can't kill him because, you know, like that was one of them. I was like, oh my, like that's, whew. basically they would just be like, yep, torture him, do what you want. And I was like, oh my days, like, 
some of the things they said, I was like, no, nah, that's that's too much. And I was we talk, we started talking about the death penalty in general, and, you know. But it was really interesting some of the perspectives that came out that I didn't definitely didn't agree with them all. But I, maybe like a week or so later, I'd just been like reflecting on some of the answers, and I was like, you know what? They're actually coming from a place of justice, and these are the sort of guys who. If I was ever in a pickle, I would fully want them around me because they will go to war on your behalf. You know, like their sense of loyalty and protecting someone who like needs to be done right by and it isn't yes. happening. Yes. Oh, man, like they will yeah, very – almost like the word I'd use is almost like the have a warrior heart, right? Uh-huh. And God does that. They're we Kiwis, see that, you know. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> goes with the territory. But they weren't just Kiwis, you know, like one guy was from Estonia, one guy, so, you know, they were all, all different. Yeah, it kind of goes with that part of the world too. <laughs> <laughs> but I found it really interesting that I think, yeah, what you just said, it's just making me think as we're talking. Um, I don't I don't think I have just the right answer when I look at it, or just, sorry, the right perspective, but I think both perspectives are interesting because there are things that you bring out that I'll be like, oh, okay, I that seems rough. But then to hear the other side, I'm like, oh, yep, yep. Okay, so we've got this coming through on the text message. Brilliant. In the Old Testament, God himself told Israel to destroy whole nations. Yes, yeah. Those who were left alive ended up destroying the truth as taught by God. Mm-hmm. Okay, this actually ties in with the story that we're talking about. Because when we talk about God destroying whole nations, mm-hmm. uh, the whole nation that was destroyed by the Israelites was the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. And their king, at the time that they were destroyed by Saul, was a man by the name of Agag. Yes. yes. I remember this story. Yeah. Okay. Are you getting the connection yet? Yes. Haman is known as Haman the oh. Agagite. Yeah. He was a direct descendant of Agag. I've never made that connection. Okay. Now think about this for a moment. Now you start to see why Haman Mm -hmm. had such a particular beef with the Jews. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much about Mordecai, even though Mordecai got under his skin. This was something that he was probably had grown up with. This is history now, family history. Yeah, going Mm. back, you know, what, half a millennia. Yeah. Back into the past. Interesting. And you have to wonder if Saul had been more thorough, whether Haman would never have existed and this problem would never have arisen in Persia all those years later. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's a good point. Okay, but the question is then, why does God, in this case with the Amalekites, we're way sidetracked off our Bible study. (laughs) Our Bible study is kind of short this morning, so, you know, it's all right. We We can knock our Bible study over in 10 minutes. So this is this is good. The question is, why does God command the ethnic genocide of the Amalekites? I mean, they're told to go down there and wipe out everyone that breathes. I don't actually know enough about the history of the culture, but is it one of those times when because the whole culture is so corrupt, you're just going to perpetuate horrendous generational cycles? It's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, so what you've got is a traumatized culture. Yeah. So you don't have a traumatized individual, and we do have this from time to time down through history, you have a traumatized culture. Mm. When you have a traumatized culture, uh, you also have um, a a culture that is not just a a traumatized culture, but it is traumatized through their religious practices. Mm -hmm. So the, um, you know, if you look at, for instance, 
the results of child abuse. Yes. And the suicide rate amongst abuse survivors. And that's just one form of trauma that a child can experience. And then if you look at abusers were often abused. Mm -hmm. And so then you get generational abuse. Yeah, and if that just continues. Then if you look at epigenetics, where that abuse, even when it stops, the effects of that abuse and the trauma of that abuse is passed down through four generations. You know, you start to build a picture here, and that's just, you know, we're just talking about one form of abuse. We're just talking about child abuse. I mean, you look at the Amalekites, child abuse was a religious requirement. Mm. You know, this was, this was not something that you would choose to do if you were, you know, a pervert pedophile and a sick individual. This was something that even if you weren't mentally ill, you were required to do as a part of your religion. Mm. And it wasn't just sexual abuse. There's, you've, you're dealing with. You're talking about child sacrifice. You're talking about just the most depraved aspects of humanity that are even. Im- you just can't even begin to imagine it. Mm. And you get whole cities, you get whole towns, you get whole regions, and an entire nation that has a history of this kind of abuse stretching back for five hundred years. Yeah, just imagine the trauma that's coming through. Yeah, this is why you know God looking on is you know, and and He's been working with this nation. He has been witnessing to this nation. He has put Israel on their border. So you know, all you have to do is to cross into Israel, do a bit of trade over there. Surely you've got to see a massive contrast and go. Wait a minute, what we're doing doesn't work. What they are doing does work. Would you? Because I remember I remember someone pointing this out to me. Like, you know, sometimes people read the Old Testament and be like, oh, you know, God just did this. And when you start to view it through that lens, you're like, wow, that's actually an act of mercy. Absolutely. This is an act of mercy. Which is kind of hard to say in our perspective, but, yeah, I think... Only God can do this. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because only God can read the human heart. Uh Only God can understand, you know, the circumstances. Only God can see whether redemption is possible. Aye. Because God is never going to take the life of somebody where redemption is possible. Mm. And when an entire nation has passed the point, as a nation, they have gone to the point where redemption is impossible, then there is nothing that God can do to bring any form of happiness whatsoever at all to that particular nation. They are only going to live their lives from birth to death in suffering. Oof, yeah. Mm. You know, whereas as human beings, you know, we are kind of like God to our pets. Hmm. And when they get to the point where they're going to live their entire rest of their life in suffering, we put them down. Mm-hmm. And so this is what God is doing right here. God is, this is an act of mercy on God's behalf, as well as, you know, having a, um, a protection for his truth and for his people who are living on the border and mm. sort of wandering off into that same kind yeah, of idolatry at times. It's, you mm. would think it would be the other way around. The Amalekites would be like, oh, we should become and go and become Israelites because that's working better for them. But unfortunately, it was Israelites who were going down there like, well, you know, maybe we should live like Amalekites. So strange. It is bizarre. Mm. It is the perversity of human nature. We yes. need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to turn our lives around to make us more like Jesus Christ 
uh, because that's when these things truly come into their own perspective. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, let's get into our Bible study. Uh, before we do, we had another text message came through, that God just to point out that God gave all the nations he destroyed hundreds of years. Yes. Hundreds of years to repent before they were destroyed. And he had God's church on their doorstep that whole time. Mm, mm-hmm. So these weren't nations, you know, on the on the you know far side of the world. They went from South America or Australia or somewhere like that, uh, where they sort of, you know, certainly they were in um, terrible apostasy from God and probably doing some terrible religious practices as well, um, or possibly doing some terrible religious practices, but. They didn't, also didn't have God's church on their doorstep. Mm, mm. Yeah, so God takes That's everything true. into God's account. very patient even with those who are doing terrible things, like we see that all throughout. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. Ephesians 4 and verse... This is an interesting discussion to have in the lead up to today's Bible study. Mm. We're going to get through today's Bible study relatively quickly uh, because it's a short study. Ephesians 4 verse 15, please, Minnie. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Okay, so how does the Bible say that we are to speak the truth? In love. How does the Bible say that we can, we sometimes speak the truth? Let me just find a uh, verse for you here real quick. Um, let me just, just look this one up. So what was the question? So how do we sometimes not speak? Yeah, well, sometimes we don't always speak the truth in love. No. Well, look, if we read this, it just says growing in every way more and more like Christ. I think that's the place you're going to speak the truth from. I, I, I think sometimes we talk about being loving and we actually mean we're going to be nice. Whereas I think it's when we're growing in Christ, then we have the ability to speak more and more in love mm. and less and less from ourselves. Okay, so there's a, different bit, a difference between nice and love. Mm. I think. That's interesting. Mm. You think? Yeah. Why do you think that? Well, just something I've seen in my experience, and this is certainly a generalization, but amongst a lot of con- like congregations, but also even in myself, just in groups, um, we want to respond kindly. We want to be nice. We don't want to offend people. We want That can be different to loving. Yes. Sometimes it's not. So some examples. You know, oh. Do we have examples from that in the Bible? Of being kind or of where nice. Of being not love. nice, but being loving. Well, I mean, in the Bible it says, I rebuke those I love. Okay. So we could think of John the Baptist who calls, yeah. you know, the Pharisees a generation of vipers. Yep. Or Nehemiah who was just like next level <laughs> confrontational. I think we mentioned these yeah. guys yesterday. They acted in love. Yes. Because they acted under the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Something I heard about John the Baptist. I don't know if I said it here the other day, but someone once said to me, John the Baptist love." Like he loved the people more than he loved their reputation for him. Like he didn't need to be yes. the one that people were going, oh, John the Baptist, he's so great. You know, He was like, no, I love these people and they need to hear this truth. Mm. Like for their salvation, they need to hear this truth. Okay, so there's also the aspect then where you can have the truth and you can preach the truth mm-hmm. without love. Yes. And this verse comes to mind. This was the one I was trying to look up, Romans chapter 1 and verse 18, where the Bible says, For the wrath of God mm. is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. love that verse. So they hold the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And the wrath of God is being poured out on those who hold the truth. Because it's been given to them. It says, in unrighteousness. Yeah. Okay, when you think about this for a moment, these guys know the truth, they hold the truth, they've been given the truth. Mm. And they probably go out there and hold forth on the truth, you know, like this is the truth. Bang, here it is. Mm -hmm. And what they are saying is not error, but they are holding it in unrighteousness. Yes. But if we look at it, like if we go back to our first verse in Ephesians, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can have the right knowledge, but if Jesus is the truth, that's that's relationship, and that's something that will change you. That's not just stagnant, unchangeable information. Yes, that's going you to know, transform you. Yeah, that's totally different. That's going to that's going to inform how you speak the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's read Second uh, Thessalonians chapter one. Verse 1 to 4. So Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. And while we're reading this, we should bear in mind that this was a church that had some issues. And Paul is going to spend some time addressing those issues. They think that Jesus is coming just sort of like, you know, tomorrow or the next day kind of thing. And as a result of that, they are kind of planning their lives. You know, they're like, well, we shouldn't, why would we work? Jesus is coming tomorrow. Mm. This kind of thing. So he's going to address some issues that this church has. They're going to have a bit of a slap around the face from Paul, a spiritual one. Second <laughs> yeah. Thessalonians 1, 1 to 4. Okay, this letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. Okay, so when you read through this passage right here, you don't find Paul immediately coming out swinging, do you? No, I was like, this sounds actually quite lovely. Yeah, uh, <laughs> He's like, that's I'm right. telling them about the great things you're doing. Absolutely. And why do you think Paul is... Starting his letter off this way. Well, I think maybe he's affirming that there are things that are good to be, to be shared about them. Uh-huh. And he's also going to go on to be like, and look, here are some problems. What you're going to find in the, in the Bible is the model that we use today in the workplace when you have to help somebody who has an issue mm. in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And the preferred model, the model that is trained for everybody to use, is um, conf- uh, compliments and affirmation, mm-hmm. followed by correction, yes, followed by compliment, compliments and affirmation. <laughs> yeah, right. So you go positive, negative, positive mm. in that order, so that it's not all just about the negative. Now, the easy thing for us as human beings is like, oh, you did this wrong, move mm-hmm. on. You know, I've said my piece. Don't have to say anything else. I don't have to. I don't have to talk to you about the things you did right because they were right. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why would I talk uh-huh. to you about the things you did well? Just keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> just, just. You only need to correct these things. You don't need to worry about those. They're already happening. But mm-hmm. what they found is that you can improve the performance of your employers massively by doing positive, negative, positive. So when you're going to say something negative, and that's exactly what Paul is doing right here. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.